Sportspeak Podcast. This is your host, Aaron Daniels. Listen, I've got a good friend of mine sitting down to give us a lot of knowledge tonight. Jordan Langster, a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, he's got he's got quite the story. Um, he, he's had some trials and tribulations, some peaks and valleys, some ups and downs throughout his athletic career. Um, he was one of those guys that uh, always knew what he wanted to do, and he always knew that it was going to involve playing ball. But um, life took a different turn for him at a very pivotal time in his life. And he's going to share a lot of that with us. And let me let me tell you, it's a great story and something that you can take some things from. So I hope y'all enjoy it. Sports Speak Podcast. This is your host, Aaron Daniels. And listen, on this particular episode, we got a good friend of mine sitting with us. This, this young man, he busted onto the scene kind of kind of late. All right? He always had talent and started his, career, his basketball career at a very early age. But once he got to the high school level, he kind of, you know, went through a little bit of some hardships, if you will, until finally um, making a little transition, if you will, once he got to be about a junior in high school. And if, and if I'm wrong, he's getting ready to fact check me here real soon. Uh, he had quite the college career, and uh, it was stopped a little bit shorter than what he imagined due to some some other hardships, which he'll get all the way into. I got Jordan Langston sitting with us tonight. Jordan, how you living, bro? I can't complain, bro. What's um, going on with you? Know, you just same old dirt, different shirt, trying to, trying to, trying to educate some <laughs> folks with some people's stories like yours. So I'm going to jump right into it, man. When did the ball first start bouncing for you, dog? When did you first get, get acclimated with basketball? So first got started, uh, I got to give that credit to my pops. I'm not sure the exact age. I know me and my sister was real young, maybe probably like from when I remember, probably like four or five. Uh, he brought a basketball goal home, and he just had me and my sister just outside in the in the driveway doing layup lines and just working on our handles and, and going through fundamentals. So that's where it started, probably around four, four or five. five. Man, that's big time. And was it something that, that you grew to love, or was it one of those deals that, that you had to sort of acquire that love for? In other words, was, was dad forcing it on you, or is it something that you always really took a liking to? I, don't, I never remember not liking it, so uh, – I don't know, man. I just remember watching like uh, watching games with him, and then it just always seemed fun to me. It never really seemed like I was working. It just seemed like something fun. So I enjoyed it from the jump, and yeah, I never remember not liking <laughs> it. So it's always been a love. Sounds like you got it on this. Now, when it came, when it comes to you playing organized ball, when you got a part of your first team, do you remember when that was for you? About what age? About what grade? I want to say first, like. Uh, actual team it may have been like second or third grade oh man so we just so we talked anywhere grade. between seven and nine years old huh facts facts so yeah it was ymca league and yeah me and uh i want to say it was back when uh it was at the age where the boys and the girls playing on the same team <laughs> yeah i remember that right that early so yeah we was we was going like so that. you do you and your sister get to play together did i hear you right I don't know that me and her played on the same team, but I remember like I think like sometimes you'll play a you'll play a game and the other team may have a couple girls on the team and it wasn't like a big deal. So I, I, me and Haley was never on the same team, but 
I just remember it being a league where it was like boy, little boys and girls. That in there. sounds like a deal right there. And you know, girls, man, they, they physically yeah. blossom a little earlier than we do, and then we catch them later on. So I'm pretty sure playing field was pretty level. But yeah. all right, now take take me yeah. past uh, elementary. Let's say now you get to about preteen age. We're talking right in the middle school, so around about 11 years old. What what, what was how did basketball right. change for you at that point? Did you feel yourself? Um, did you feel your body growing? Number one, did you feel yourself getting any better once you transitioned from elementary to middle school? What, what, what did the grind go any differently, or was it pretty much the same steps? It was pretty much the same steps. So, if you're talking about around that time, that was probably uh, we were staying in Gilcrease Hills and we stayed uh, off of uh, I want to say my it was like 1122 West Seminole. And I say that because I remember our house just being like where all the neighborhood kids would come. Like, I remember uh. A uh, bunch of guys who ended up going to Central, they came through back at the time, not knowing they was going to Central eventually, but just all the neighborhood kids would just come and we would just hoop. So that's where I was with it. It was just, it was just fun. Like we just would be outside all day just hooping. So uh, it was, that's really all it was to me, man. It was just fun more than anything. So of course I would do the drills with my pops and everything like that, but I was just, I was just a hooper. It was just, it was just fun to me. Um, and we would just be out there all day. Man, that sounds sound like y'all had the Mecca in the neighborhood. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it felt like it. It felt like it. <laughs> So you get through middle school, man, and to, for, for, for the most part, you're enjoying it. You're enjoying the grind. Your game is growing and everything. But then you transition to high school. And I, and I think the higher the levels of, of any competitive sport goes, um, the more it turns into a business, more so than just fun and games. And I, you know, you know, of course, we know each other personally, so we've we've had this conversation several times. That you know, your high school journey was kind of unconventional, man. That's, well, walk walk us through that. So it, so to, in order to do that, I kind of got to back it up to middle school. I think that's where it kind of kind of messed up for okay. me. Um, so I started off my first year uh, in middle school. I went to to Victory Christian, played basketball there. Well, my seventh grade year, I started going to Jinx, and from there, I made. I, we had basketball tryouts. I made the team. Um, it just wasn't, man. That team, it was just just crazy. I feel like I kind of got like um, it was just political more than anything. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, no shade towards my homeboys who went to Jinx and and had success, but I just don't feel like I got a fair fair shake. So my seventh grade year, or maybe it was eighth grade year, whenever I was on the team there. Um, I felt like I was better than a lot of dudes who were playing ahead of me. And I'm not dumb to the game. Like, if I was at a point where I really shouldn't have been playing, cool. Like, I'll sit down. But it got to the point where I just felt disrespected because we playing against teams where I know these people personally from, from hooping against them in summer leagues. And they know I'm nice. And after the game, they like, Jordan, like, why are you sitting in the bench for this team? Like, you can hoop. And I'm giving them the, like, bro, I don't know. Like, I'm just – just he want me to sit the bench. So, it just got to a point where uh, midseason I just quit. And that was in middle school. And, you know, Jinx, they pretty much – you raised in that system. So, from middle school to high school, all them dudes been playing with each other. Mm-hmm. So, we get to high school and um, the high school tryouts, once again, I feel like I'm one of the best dudes at the tryouts. This is freshman year. Um, the guy who shows up at the tryouts is my eighth grade coach. And I'm like, I wonder why this dude is here. Long story short, I, I end up not making the team. And from there on out, I can see, like, the political side of just sports in general. Like, I feel like because I quit that team, 
no matter what I did at tryouts, like I wasn't making the team because mm. he felt like I, I quit on him. And that kind of just spread throughout the basketball program in my mind. Like at the end of the day, this is just speculation. I still don't know what happened to my basketball career at Jinx. All I can say is I was on that team and I quit. And every tryout I went to after that, people on the team who was people who was already on the team watching the tryouts, they telling me, okay, you gonna make it, bro. It's no way you're not gonna make it this time. And sure enough, next day or whatever, I'm looking at the list and my name not on that joint. Mm. So I I don't know what it is. Like I said, I'm not dumb to the game, so I would know if I was whack. Like, I absolutely was – in my mind, I'm a, a starter, but I know for sure if I'm not a starter, I'm at least good enough to make the team for sure. Like, I ain't no – I'm not no bum or nothing. So, right, I right. never really understood it. So, um, it was long overdue, but eventually I transferred to Central in uh, my junior year, which in my mind, I, since I was from that area, like, basically when I went to Central, I'm seeing everybody I went to – to elementary school like I was from that area so I feel like I should have went to Central from the jump but uh, my parents was kind of late to the party shout out to them but um, <laughs> they finally they finally let me go over to Central and I came there my junior year uh, played for for the legend T. Scott and uh, you know from there uh, kind of had a, a up and down junior year I'll say and uh, yeah we uh, you know that season ended and, and T. Scott uh Coach T. Scott retired, and in come Coach Rutherford, and that's kind of when things jumped off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that, that is quite the journey. Now, between making the move, well, between the, the Jinx tenure ending and then the, the central the central run beginning, was it was it a tough decision for your parents to make uh, when it came to allowing you to make that move? Did, did y'all have some back and forth, or did you or did they see some of the same same things that you were seeing in the Jinx situation? So it was pretty much um, at that point in my junior year, and they knew my end goal because this whole time, like, you gotta understand, I'm not, I'm, I didn't play school ball at all, but I'm playing summer ball, mm. and my goal is to to eventually make it to the to the league. Right. So it was just like, okay, eventually you're gonna have to play high school ball. Sure. And my parents, my dad especially, uh, well, my mom too, they seeing the work that I'm putting in because, like, I'm telling you. After school, obviously, I'm not on the team. So I'm literally putting on my ankle weights and going outside running hills. I'm getting it up jump. Like, I'm really, like, killing myself to get better. So eventually, I, I got to say, that's probably what it was that made them see, like, yo, this this boy really wants it, and he's not getting a fair deal. Because my, 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 my mom and my dad hoop. So they know when they, you know, when I was on the team at Jinx and they see who's playing over me, mm -hmm. they're not dumb to the game either. So they know I should have been playing. So. They kind of see what I went through, and it really was no back and forth. It was pretty much um, – I don't even remember it specifically, but it was pretty much – it seemed like one day I, I woke up and they was like, all right, we, you know, you're transferring to Central. You know what? So, now, that's a beautiful thing. One thing that I haven't heard you mention this whole time, which I'm hoping this is by design, that never once – it doesn't sound like your parents ran up on any of your coaches and tried to, you know, <laughs> tried to do one of those kind of things they, that you see. They, so they wanted to. Today. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they wanted to. Oh yeah, you gotta ask them that. But yeah, they they definitely uh they could see that I was I was working hard, but just I don't know. I just wasn't getting a fair shake. So you know, it is what it is. Sure, sure. Now you're in your senior year. All right, you talked about whenever the the Terry Scott era ended at at Central, and then Randy Rutherford came for for that one year. 
Um, how how was that, man? Because like, me and you both know that man, and he he is flash. First of all, he knows his stuff. He's a great coach, but he is a character Thanks. in the process, man. How was how was Thanks. that getting getting acquainted with him and going through that whole year? Man, well, first of all, I hated to see Coach Scott go because I knew he was a was a legend and he coached so many great players. So uh, it started with disappointment. Like I still remember when Coach Scott called us all into the locker room and, and told us, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, I literally just transferred here to, of course, to go to Central, but I knew who Coach Scott was, like, not personally, but I knew he was a great coach and he had, you know, coached great players. So I'm thinking, like, yo, I really just came over here for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was what was my initial reaction. Uh, And then, you know, they told me they hired Coach Rutherford, who uh, he was a legend at OSU and he had did all this other stuff. So I started doing my research and I was like, okay, this this will probably work. Um and yeah, man, I remember from day one that dude that dude was a beast, man. He was easily the, the hardest coach I played for. And I mean hard like the way he, he's on mm-hmm. you. Like he's gonna bring he's like he only gonna coach you one way. And either if you can't adjust then you just that's just on you. But he's gonna he's gonna be a dog and he's gonna expect you to be a dog back. And uh it was actually perfect time, and I think that's what I needed. And he definitely helped mold me into to being just just being aggressive and just being a dog on the court. So uh, it was definitely something I needed. And uh, yeah, a lot of credit goes to him for sure. Good him deal. And Salute Coach to Coach Rutherford, man. He just got him a new coaching opportunity, you know, out there at, at Tulsa McLean. So we just we definitely gonna check him out yes, in sir. due time. Okay, now you graduate. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm. Fast forwarded ahead a little bit, but you know you got through your. No, you good. Yeah. You definitely, um, you definitely gonna continue your basketball career. It's only a question of where you're gonna go to school. How was that process, man? Because uh, and the reason why I asked that is because I think like you, you're one of the most knowledgeable people about the game of basketball from from all levels, from the amateur level all the way up to the pros. You just know your stuff. You're always doing your research. But I was so ignorant to the whole process. I didn't know anything about any college at any level below NCAA Division One, you know? And so here I am, right. I'm looking around at all of my peers. It's April whenever I'm a senior in high school and they're, you know, they're signed, sealed, and delivered. They all hooked and booked and I'm a free agent. And I'm like, whoa, I really don't know what I'm going to do here. Right. But you seem to have been a little more privy to the whole process, more so than I was during that time. How was that whole process of finishing your senior season uh, in high school and then figuring out, where you were going to go to college within those next two months? So it pretty much was, was real simple. I mean, just right after the uh, season ended, I mean, I had, like, Juco, Juco's coming up to me and, like, D2s. Um, and I just remember having a conversation with Coach Coach Rutherford when I was uh, staying after. It was after the season. I was staying late to get some shots up. He, uh, of course, went through uh, the Juco's that I had, and then I had, like, Bacon. And then he told me, ORU, he was like, uh, Sean Sutton really likes you. He wants you to come down there and, and work out, and he's probably going to offer you. So, uh, And when he told me that, I was just like, uh, man, I'm, I'm really trying to get out of Tulsa. If, if ORU is my only Division One, I, I'd rather just go JUCO. And that was pretty much the end of that, the ORU discussion. And then I just started looking at JUCOs because my goal was to, to play high major ball and get out of Tulsa. So, uh, that was pretty much it on the, the college decision. And then I just started looking at uh, some junior college options that I had. Mm. And you ultimately ended up going where right out of high school? though? Right out of high school. So 
I should say, right after I told Coach Rutherford I wanted to go JUCO, he said, oh, well, you're coming with me then. And me and you know what that means, <laughs> but for the people who don't know, right after my, my senior year ended with Coach Rutherford, he ended up accepting the, the head coaching job at Murray State Junior College. So it was under, I guess, his belief and many people's belief that I would just automatically go with Murray State and – you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, that maybe that's probably what I should have done, but I ended up going to Cali County in uh, Arkansas City. Mm-hmm. Man, now also in hindsight, do do you think that <laughs> you you making that move um, was sort of an act of defiance, or did you really have did you really have something else that you were looking at that maybe the Murray State situation didn't offer you? Man, it's a, it's a combination of both, man. Um, so it, it goes kind of along with uh, the way he, he – Coach Coach Rutherford was real hard on me. And at the time, I mean, I'm – like, you got to understand, this is my my first year playing on a team where I'm, like, the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, coming my junior year, obviously, shout out to my, my brother, Marquise. It was it was pretty much his team. Uh, him and, and Chris Washington was, like, the captains of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, in my senior year, I'm one of the, the few who actually played who got varsity minutes. I'm one of the only ones who did that. And I, I feel like he, he rode me hard and I really probably wasn't ready for it. So when he had told me I was pretty much going to Murray, I was just like, for one, like you're not finna just <laughs> pick my, my school for me. <laughs> and me and his relationship wasn't what it is today. I don't think it was. He was real hard on me. And I didn't really, really understand it at the time. I was real, real young and immature in the situation. And Cali, it was just, the way it was set up, so to, to to explain it, first of all, I wasn't I wasn't recruited at Cali first. Mm. For those that don't know, Cali's uh, head coach uh, that year was Steve Eck, and he ended up moving to Hutch. Okay. So the people who I was really recruited by were were Independence Community College's coaches, Coach Desam, Coach Jackson, and Coach Barry. They was all at Independence, and they was recruiting me first when they was at Indy. Well, when Coach Eck left Cowley and went to Hutch, they ended up uh, – the independence coaching staff ended up getting the Cali job, and they just kept recruiting me to go to Cali now. Right. So um, – and for those that don't know, Cali is in the Jayhawk East Conference. The Jayhawk East – well, the Jayhawk Conference is, period. Mm-hmm. It's like the best junior college conference. They produce a lot of D1 talent, a lot of NBA players played in the JL conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a real talented conference. Uh, the year before I got there, Cali, they had the freshman of the year. Uh, I still remember his name. His name was Juwan Zapala. He ended up playing. Uh, he ended up signing with University of South Florida. But he was there at Cali. Uh, Cali also had a post player by the name of Robert Goff who ended up going to OU. Like, Cali just had a bunch of talented people. So when they were recruiting me at Cali, I guess they assumed all of those players would stay, even though they were Coach X, Coach X team. Mm-hmm. Everyone assumed they was going to stay at Cali. So on my visit, all of those dudes are there, and it's like a bunch of division, like they Division One players. So in my mind, of course, I want to play Division One ball. So I got the opportunity to play in a great conference with these players who I already know going D one. Like in my mind, I'm thinking iron sharpens iron. Not only are they going to bring division one coaches to the games and to the practices not to mention on my visit when we hooped texas a&m was there watching us hoop because they was looking at one of them dudes 
But I'm just looking at it from a whole like, yo, my next move is Division One. This is the best setup. So um, that's why I went to Cali, man. The facilities for a junior college are really just just amazing. For a junior college, you're getting a lot. Um, and I, I, in my mind, I was going to be playing against these Division One players in practice every day, and they're going to make me better. Uh, yeah. Come to find out uh, – they ended up leaving and going to Hutch, which I don't think the coaching staff knew or I knew, but I had already signed and and uh yeah it was it was too late. So it kinda 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 threw a wrench in the plans, I guess. But mm, well two two things I want to jump on right there. Uh the, the first thing is I, I think your mentality at that time was a little different than 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 what the mentality is of, of a lot of players these days, because I think what you hear more so um, than not is let's say if somebody was in your position during that time, they might, somebody else might've been thinking, well, you know what? They got all this talent right here that they're kind of stockpiled. So let me look at a different situation to go in where I may be, where I got a, you know, I got a chance to be a bigger fish in maybe a smaller pond, but that's, that sounds like a pretty competitive spirit right there, brother. You saying they, listen, they got some dogs here. I'm another dog. I want to go link up with him and, and, and see if we can make this thing work. Were, were you not ever questioning yourself in terms of being able to find a spot or be able to carve a lane for yourself among all those dogs? Not at all, man. On my visit, uh, Coach DeSalm, actually, the plan was for me to go there, and he wanted to redshirt me, actually. But my mentality right. was just, like you said, I guess it's competitiveness. Because in my mind, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go here and, and I'm going to make you play me. Like, I'm going to play against these dudes you're going to see. Because at the at the uh, on my visit, we hooping, and I'm not even trying to, like, brag or nothing, but I'm giving buckets. Like, I'm not just <laughs> out there looking like I'm just somebody just trying to – like, I wanted to make a point, like, yo, I can – like, every time I touch it, I'm I'm trying to score. And I, and I felt like I did that well. And they was – they was impressed. I remember his exact words after the, the, the visit uh, or after we got done hooping when he pulled me in. He was like, Jordan, not many uh, incoming fresh, freshmen can come in here and do what you just did. So in my mind, I'm like, I already got him knowing I can hoop. So when he told me I was going to redshirt, I just kind of had this look on my face like, now nah, I'm not finna redshirt. But I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming to this school, but I'm going to make you not redshirt me. So, uh I don't know, man. I just, I just felt like I had a, a point to prove, and it's no way you can, you can put me in a situation like that, surrounded by that much talent, and think I'm not gonna want to be, you know, one of the best ones in there. So I definitely use that as something to motivate me, and uh, yeah, that's, that that was really my my whole point in going there was just because I knew they had a bunch of talent, and I wanted to be a part of that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now the other thing, and correct me if I if I misunderstood you. But it sounds to me that like the, the coaching staff that that had recruited you ended up moving on and kind of and, and you weren't they kind of left you in a situation for another coach that came behind them who may not have seen the same thing in you that they did. Did I get that right? Hey, bro, it, it cut out a lot when you just said that. OK, OK, I'm, I'm going to run it back for you. But uh, what it sounds like I heard from you is that you, the coaching staff that initially recruited you ended up moving on and you. Um, were kind of stuck there under somebody else's under somebody else's instruction that didn't recruit you, and maybe they didn't see the same thing in you that 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 the initial staff did. Is that is that? It cut out again, bro. 
Sports Speak Podcast. This is your host, Aaron Daniels. We're back. I'm sitting here with Jordan Langster. We had uh, a few technical difficulties as far as the audio, so y'all can bear with us. We're going to pick right up where we left off. Jordan, you there with me? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. Now, what I, what I was trying to uh, ask you, I wanted to make sure that I understood what you had said to me. It sounds like the, the coaching staff that recruited you to Cali initially ended up moving on and kind of leaving you there. And then the next coach, whoever that coach was that succeeded them, um, didn't quite see the same things in you that maybe they did. Is that, is that what happened in that year? No, the, the coach from, from independence recruited me initially to go to Indy and they ended up getting the job at Cali. So they took the Cali job and they, so they just kept recruiting me, but now they were like, okay, so Jordan, we still want you, but now we're at Cali. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Now, now take me through that year at, at Cali, that, that first year at Cali. How was that? Uh, it didn't really go as planned, man. Um, so my year at Cali, um, well, for one, I felt like um, – well, what really happened was the our post players – so some of the guys that ended up following Coach Eck to Hutch, they were post players. So that left us short uh, for postmen. And, and then – Two of our other post players, they got uh, one of them got injured towards ACL. Right. Then two other ones, they got into some issues and then uh, they got kicked out of the school. So now you have me, a uh, six, three and a half, six, four guard at the time. Uh, I have to play out of position. I got to play the post now. Um, so I right. didn't get to play my position for one. Um, and I just felt slighted the whole time I was there, man. I felt like they really didn't, didn't value what I had to bring. Uh, to the table, and it just got to a point where it was like, okay, so I wasted one year here, and I didn't get no looks. I didn't achieve none of my goals. Like, am I really going to trust you with my last junior college year of eligibility when I got these big, you know, Division One dreams and aspirations? So it was just a conversation I had with my with my parents, and uh, and they they saw it too, man. It was it was it was kind of the same situation, like jinx almost all over again. Uh, I did reach a point at Cali where I guess midway through the season, uh, I became a starter and uh, I provided some 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 good uh, minutes for him. It was a it was an article that they wrote on me uh, from when I the time I started starting, I was averaging like thirteen points a game from from the time I started starting towards the end of the year. So when they finally like realized that I could actually like hoop. You know, I, I did that and I showed that. But at the end of the day, I was still playing out of position. Um, I don't I don't think he recruited any other postman to come in uh, for the following year. And I just didn't trust it. Uh, you know, I didn't get to play my regular position the entire year. And I just wasn't about to to yeah, come back for another year and pretty much gambling. And do, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't going to roll the dice on that. I got you. I got you. Well. I happen to know where this story goes next, but I want you to go ahead and let it be known. You made a move from Cali at the end of that at the end of that term. Where'd you go? How'd that go? How'd it come about? So I went to Murray State. I had to had to follow my my high school coach, man. Probably what I I don't want to say I regretted or I I wish I did that from the jump because at the end of the day I feel like I still got something out of Cali. Uh, I met some homeboys there who I still kind of keep up with so I don't want to say like I should have went there from the jump uh but I kind of should have went there from the jump so uh I ended up going to Murray and uh coach Rutherford and coach Joe uh both uh OSU legends and uh yeah I played my sophomore year there and 
yeah, it was just another eventful year. Good deal, good deal. Hey, now y'all had a pretty good run that year too, though. You during your sophomore season at at Murray State, am I right? Can you say that one more time? I said y'all had a pretty good run that year at Murray that you spent there. Y'all had, y'all had some catch there, man. I remember catch a game or so. How was that? How was that year, man? You said it was eventful. Did 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 you grow? Did you get better? <laughs> that was the year uh, where I got uh, injured, <laughs> where I didn't play. Ooh, we that sophomore year. That's why I say eventful. So yeah, that was the that was the sit out year. So uh, that was the year I got there, and all summer I'm knowing I'm transferring to Murray, and I feel like I'm gonna be the guy. Like this is my year. So. Um, and you kind of, I'm pretty. You was around that off season where we was going up to, to Rogers every every day hooping. Oh man, dude, that and was an yeah, iconic that was that, summer, man. That was iconic. That was major for the for the city. So uh, shout out to Coach Barry and Coach Jimmy who used to open the gym. But um, I used to get there before before the the hooping began, and I used to get it in with uh, Coach Jimmy would work me out. I'm pretty sure I did some workouts with Coach Barry, but uh, I would do like all my drills and shooting with them and ball handling and whatnot, then I would go lift weights, and then I would go outside and hit Roger's track or hit the, the hills every day. And then after that, I would hoop with everybody else. So that was my summer. So I'm killing it in my mind. Like, I'm finna show up and have a breakout sophomore year at Murray. So um, I get to Murray, and um, anybody who ever's played for Coach Randy, uh, especially at Murray, you know what his, his off-season workouts are like. So – um, we start off-season training almost as soon as we get there. And um, I noticed, like, instead of getting more in shape and getting used to the workouts, my body, like, I'm getting worse. Like, I'm getting more tired. You know, when forget doing, you know, the, the five-mile run. I can't even do suicides without getting tired. Like, my, like this is by, like, I, October, I'd say. Um Matter of fact, I'm struggling to even walk to class. Like, I'm out of breath just by walking up the stairs to class. And um, I eventually tell Coach, like, well, he could sense something was wrong with me because he knows, you know, I'm usually more, uh, you know, in shape than that or whatever. And um, I tell him, like, yo, i just been having trouble breathing. Like, I can't even walk to class or do nothing, you know, without being out of breath. And Coach Rutherford is such an old head. You know, they think they can just diagnose you. So... (laughs) He just said, all right, well, go go to the doctor and get an inhaler. Just go get an inhaler. I don't know if he thought I was faking, but uh, he was like, go to the doctor and get an inhaler. So, sure enough, I just went to – I scheduled a doctor's appointment down there in Tishomingo, and I told him I've been having trouble breathing, and they literally just gave me an inhaler, like I think that same day. So, um, by this time, like I said, I think this is still in October, so we're still going through preseason, finna head into, like, some, some preseason scrimmages. And – um. Matter of fact, it was Langston. We were scrimmaging at Langston. We were scrimmaging Langston at Langston. And um, I had my inhaler, and this was like the first test to see if this actually worked. And before the game, I'm I'm going crazy on that inhaler. Pause. But I'm just hitting it like crazy, seeing it, like trying to make sure I'm good. And, right. Um, the game starts. And anybody who's watching this that's never hooped, like basketball is like the best aerobic exercise, man. Like the little littlest moves you would not think will get you out, out of shape or get you out of breath, like destroy you. Like I can't even close out on my man. I can't even get in defense. I'm so winded, like crazy. Like I feel like like somebody just hitting me in the chest like all game. It was, it was crazy. So 
Um, I think I finished that whole scrimmage maybe like four points. I couldn't move. Like, it was crazy. And I tried to play. Like, I tried to tough through it. And in my mind, I'm really not thinking nothing is seriously wrong with me. I'm just thinking maybe I'm tripping. So I'm trying to fight through it. Um, so after that, I'm still telling coach, like, yo, this inhaler didn't work. And he was like, okay, we'll go back to the doctor to see what's wrong. You know, I go back. And I want to say the second time they tried to say I had acid reflux. And they just gave me some medicine for that. So they were like, yeah, it's just acid reflux. That's why you're having trouble breathing and whoop de woo so I'm like, okay, whoop you. I hope it's right. So I'm taking that for a while, and I notice that's not working. That's not helping nothing. I'm still – I feel like stuff is getting worse now because now I'm at the point where I can't even lay down. Like in when I lay down to go to sleep, it feels like somebody's stabbing me in my ribs. And that's really – like all these years, I still can't think of a better way to describe it. But it literally feel, felt like somebody was stabbing me in my ribs like at night. Um, I, I just, and I'm waking up in cold, like I'm sweating in my sleep. My sheets are soaking wet when I, when I go to sleep and it's just crazy pain. Um, so that medicine didn't work for the acid reflex. Then they, um, I go back and this time I go back to a different doctor, still in Tishomingo, but I go to a different doctor. This doctor says she thinks it's mono. So <laughs> she gave me some medicine for that. That didn't work. Man, this is like a whole out. bunch of whole bunch of experiment, man. I, that's got to yeah. be for first of all. This, this is something that you and I never talked about, so you know I ain't even acting right now. I don't, I didn't know all this, but I know it's got to be. True, that sound like, I believe you, man. I sound like it's frustrating as hell, but but but, but proceed. I... No, you good, but uh, yeah, it was just a, a real just back and forth. So I'm like questioning, like, is this really, is this really modern medicine? Like y'all are really, y'all really just guessing what this is? So yeah, they was just going back and forth, just giving me all kind of stories. And um, I remember one day I was still under the impression that it was mono. I was, I, I, it, my symptoms wasn't getting any better, but I just hadn't met, went back to the doctor yet. So um, one day in practice, my leg, my right leg started swelling up. And I noticed. The lower it, leg? Yeah, my low, well, yeah, my lower leg. Yeah, it, it started swelling up. And Coach Randy, you know, he make us wear wear ankle braces so in my mind I'm like maybe my ankle brace is just tight so I finished the practice or whatever but I noticed like after practice like my leg is just kind of stiff like it's swollen now and it's like stiff like I can't I can't bend my my leg like if I wanted to move it it just felt weird 